This is episode number 258. How are you a contribution to yourself as well as a contribution to others? With Kathleen McMorrow. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming weekly conversation called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. What this is, if this is your first time hearing about it, is a series of conversations where we explore the connection between grief and gratitude, resilience and gratitude, appreciation and gratitude, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please consider visiting our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details about our upcoming conversation. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our work, and that is if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by making a contribution through our website or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Oleg. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. And thank you to whoever it is that allowed us to cross paths. I think it was many months ago by now. Yeah, Scott. (laughs) Over a year ago, right? Because I came on to one of your seminars and Mm -hmm. we just had a series of extraordinary discussions on a Saturday Mm -hmm. in July, I believe. And Mm -hmm. it was such a phenomenal exchange of ideas at such a critical time. I couldn't agree with you more. It's actually interesting. I didn't even think about that, that it's, it has been a year. <gasps> time flies by. Right. And we're already halfway through this year. So who, I don't know what time is a- anymore, but I'm glad that we're able to connect. I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation because this is something that I've been exploring on my own as far as this concept of contribution and in particular contribution of my life to the life of others and vice versa. And then within that also being able to recognize and identify the different gifts and talents that I have within me, which has been a journey uh, of my own that I had to go on to really better understand those things that have always been within me, but yet for one reason or another took however many years to get to. So I'm curious to hear maybe one way that we can start this conversation is in regard to the contribution component of it. Mm-hmm. A, how do you view contribution? What does it actually mean to contribute to the society, to your life, to the lives of others? And B, who inspired that? Well, thank you. What a, what a fantastic question to start. I, I believe that I define contribution as anything that I can do that propels another person, organization, institution forward. So if there's something within my capacity 
um, a capability I have, a talent, a gift, a resource I can give, then I believe that by sharing that, I am making a contribution that provides for a need of another that helps collectively move us all forward. I believe we all mutually share in each other's success. And I think that was ingrained in me by my parents who, you know, I grew up in a faithful household. We knew that there were certain things you needed to do um, to be considerate of other people. Uh, and none of us are perfect at that, but we, we should wake up every day. I was raised to wake up every day thinking about other people, thinking about how I can use what God gave me to move others forward. And that just is something that was in my family to do. And so it takes many forms and it's not just financially giving, but sometimes it's the random act of kindness, right? It's seeing a mom with strollers and shopping bags and nobody's opening the door for her at the local shopping center. I'll drop everything, run across the parking lot and open that door. And I've seen other people do it too. And mm -hmm. it always moves me, but did it's what ever, we should be doing. Did you ever find it challenging to think about your own life before thinking of others or because it sounds like you were, I was brought up in a, in a similar way, especially after I was adopted, my parents instilled this thing within me of trying to be as helpful as others as I can. Part of that journey or part of a challenge within that journey that I've experienced was in always focusing on other people. There were so many chapters of my life where I didn't focus on myself. And it wasn't until recently that I started to shift that perspective and focus on myself first and then focusing on others because I, I don't believe, in my opinion, I can give something that I don't have myself. Right. So shifting that lens and kind of pointing a mirror towards me and then focusing my, on myself actually helped me become even more of a contributor than I was before. And I'm curious from your lens, did you ever have a similar challenge in your life where you were so focused on other people that you forgot about yourself as and part I of still, that process? I still struggle with that. And yes, and I will tell you that, you know, I grew up with a mother who had severe physical handicap. So my mom had rheumatoid arthritis in every joint in her body since age 20. I came along when she was nearly 40. I have two older sisters. Um, and my, uh, at the time that I was born, uh, shortly after I was born, my mother's condition worsened dramatically. Um, so I saw her, you know, the physical therapist would come to her house. I saw her go through some very painful physical therapy when I was a very small child. And um, I just understood, I think intuitively, all that she did for us to give us a nice home, to take care of the home. She had to make an extra effort every day and fight through pain to do basic things other people would take for granted. And so I think that was also part of what imbued in me a sense of giving back to honor her and her contribution to our family. And, you know, and then later in life, when I was in high school, my father also became critically ill and could not work anymore. And so I think when you grow up um, with family struggles like that, it changes your viewpoint and it makes you stronger in some ways, but it also really makes you think about the struggle that anyone else around you may be going through that you're unaware of. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a great point because I, I've realized a similar thing. It's just, you never know 
the battles that people might be going through. And in fact, what I've realized throughout life, and I don't know how true this statement is, but it sure seems to be true to me. It's that every single one of us is going through a battle. Those battles may not be the same, but every single one on a daily basis is going through one version or another of it. Completely true. And, you know, sometimes when something foolish happens, like, you know, somebody cuts you off in the parking lot or, you know, somebody's inconsiderate in line in the store. I, I try to have some grace about it and be like, wow, I'm really sorry she's having a bad day. And sometimes that really is all, all there is uh, to it, you know, and so you try to let those little indignities go really quickly because the bigger picture is so much broader than that. And, you know, sometimes outward manifestations of anger are really about a deep hurt. So when you know, you know, if you're engaging with someone you really aren't intimately involved with and don't know very well, and maybe a disproportionate amount of vitriol is coming at you, it's probably coming from another place. And if you can just take that perspective and, you know, walk away with kindness, it's probably the best thing to do. Do you believe that other people's behaviors or how certain situations are perceived are simply a reflection of what you're feeling internally? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Listen, if you're having a bad day yourself, I know when I am, I'm likely to be a little more sensitive to minor issues that on a good day I could let go more easily. That's just being human. So I do think perception is everything. And we have to understand that a lot of times our perceptions have to do with our lens and they don't have to do with the lens of the other, which is why I'm in public relations because I have to focus on the lens of the other all the time for my clients. (laughs) It's funny that we even have this conversation now because Last time we were speaking, I think the overarching theme was perception. How much of it does boil down to how you choose to see the world first and then how the world is seen by you afterwards. The thing that I'm curious about as we're talking about this concept of contribution and and being of service to other people's lives, I think there is a, a, for me at least, there was a critical component that I had to recognize and it's this concept of skills and talents that were naturally within me. Because when I became in tune with those things, I realized that my level of contribution became significantly higher compared to what it was before. But yet there's something interesting within that. And that is many of the people that I've spoken with, including myself, it takes time to discover or rediscover some of those natural gifts. And I'm curious to hear from you when you think about your own journey and when you think about the journeys that other people go through that you work with, what is the challenge or what are the challenges of rediscovering the skills or the natural gifts of who you are? Well, I think sometimes we discover our talents through trial and error. And I think if we're not brave enough to try new things, which it takes great bravery, then we don't necessarily discover talents we might well 
have innately. And so uh, like founding my own business, right? I don't consider myself a natural entrepreneur, a natural business owner. I was happy being an employee, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, several people said this is something that seems like you should be doing. And so far it's working uh, after a couple of years, but um, it was what others saw in me that I didn't see in myself that um, really was what compelled me to see if this is something I, I could do and I could create a PR firm with a different kind of visit, vision. And so that, you know, just speaking from the professional lens for a moment, um, I had a sort of a different angle on comprehensive communication across all the channels to create a cohesive impression. And so, um, everybody seemed uh, in my groups seemed to think that was a great idea. And I, you know, just went with it and founded a business around it, but that took getting to a comfort with risk. And I'm somebody who truly craves security. I, I'm not a risk taker in, in a big way. And yet I find myself, I say I'm not a risk taker, but I moved across the country once and back for two years. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and didn't, I left a, you know, very secure job in Manhattan that I had for nearly two decades and just said, no, nah, I'm changing my life. And so, and now changed my life again and coming home and founding a business. And so uh, I learned that I had talents I didn't think I had through that very recent journey. Uh, but also in terms of discovering talents, I think different experiences helped me discover my talents. When I passed away and I joined, my, when I passed, when my parents passed away and I joined a grief group, um, I decided that I would only do that for a year and then I would need to graduate. I made a deal with myself that it was important not to stay stuck and mired in grief, but um, in the group, a lot of people didn't want me to leave because I was a good facilitator of discussions. Now we had somebody from the funeral home who was the facilitator, but he often liked the bridges that I built between people, uh, between their expressions of hope and honesty and vulnerability uh, that came out of those very intimate Monday evening grief sessions. And so he didn't want me to leave. People didn't want me to leave, but I needed to leave for myself. And I'm glad I did. But um, I didn't know that that was a, a talent I would have. I was concerned how I would fare in a group setting, sharing all that. And one of the ways I was able to do that was to bring others into conversation in a way that they were most comfortable. And I didn't, I didn't, imagine that for myself. When I joined a grief group, I joined a grief group because I was struggling and in pain. I didn't think I'd be helping others through that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember who were one of the first people or maybe a group of people that believed in you? Oh, gee. Well, certainly my family, certainly my parents and my sisters. But beyond that, um, I had a terrific kindergarten teacher who always, you know, encouraged anything I wanted to do. Uh, Mrs. Terry was fantastic with children. And I think anybody who went to Scotchtown Avenue School in Goshen, New York in the 19th, early, well, mid-1970s would agree. Um, so I think those early uh, memories children have of school really shape who they can sometimes be as an adult. And so when you have, uh, you know, I didn't go to preschool. So kindergarten was my first experience in a school setting. And my sisters were 
significantly older than me. So a lot of times it was, you know, I was home with mom and the dog and the cat during my formative years. And uh, when I went to school, um, it was, you know, one of the first times I was in a, a group setting and I was nurtured by somebody other than my mom or other neighborhood women who were, you know, the moms of my good friends who lived on my street. So yeah, I think that Mrs. Terry was really important. Um, to the fact that I liked school and I excelled at school and I felt encouraged in school. I couldn't agree with you more. I think school, at least for me, it had such a profound impact, not necessarily in regard to the things that I was taught during that journey, but more so the people that I met throughout it. Mm -hmm. I know for me, my sixth grade teacher made a huge difference. Well, many different avenues, a helping me learn the language, culture, but also believing in me in many of the situations where I didn't believe in myself, which is a very fascinating thing to experience when someone believes in you so much that a, you don't believe you can do it because you don't have enough clarity or confidence or courage or whatever it may be to achieve that particular vision or goal. And yet someone else continues to do that. That to me has always been fascinating. There's something, there's something truly powerful about that being able to believe in the other individual, almost like before they believe in themselves. I, I think that that's something that's one of the greatest gifts we can give to each other um, because it's very easy to have that little devil on your shoulder telling you internally, you can't do that. And others see all the potential in you that you can't necessarily see for yourself because we're all really hard on ourselves, I think. I think that it's very easy to say, I should have done that better. I shouldn't have gone that route. I should have taken that job and I didn't. Uh, I should have married that person and I didn't. Whatever the case may be, um, I think it's very easy to second guess yourself and think less of yourself. Uh, so we really should do a better job of listening to others and um, letting them into our vulnerable places so that we can move ourselves upward as well. And I think doing that for other people is really important. You know, last night I was at an event, right? One of the first big rooms I was in at a, a networking event. And um, I was talking with a gentleman I had never met before and talking about the business I founded a couple of years ago. And he just said one really important lesson remember to take some breaks, which is something I don't do. And remember to take some time off and remember, it'll be okay if you do that. Your business will be there, your clients will be there and you'll be better for having done it. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm working up to that um, because I, I, you know, I'm nurturing my business the most now, but am I really nurturing myself? No, I know I'm not doing that particularly well. Mm-hmm. I think that's very profound wisdom that he passed on to you. And in fact, thank you for sharing that with me because I know I get caught in similar situations sometimes. And I said, to, when I was home, you know, thinking about what he said to me and I had many conversations last night, many people, I told myself, really listen and take that in, right? Really let the viewpoints of others who have been in your shoes, others who have created their own businesses, they're telling you from the lens of the lessons that they learned, things they wish they had done along the way that they didn't 
panic if they took a full weekend off and didn't work, <laughs> that they went on a week's, you know, getaway with their families and got something out instead of cutting it short and, oh, I'll be there for a day or two and then I got to get back, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I realized that I have to listen very, very well, very closely. And then I have to live out that advice uh, from people who have walked the path that I'm on before me and done well. Do you find it challenging to not do anything on those days that is work-related? Yeah, absolutely. Or do you still find yourself doing some work? I, I think I do a little work every day, no matter what. Um, but, you know, part of it is that when you enjoy what you do and when you want to be making contribution, as we're talking about, Sometimes it just makes things a little bit easier on a quote day off if you just move something forward. You know what? Get up a little early, get that memo out to the client. Then you can have two days of peace. And then when you come back, the client's ready to have a conversation because he's had some time away from you to be thoughtful and reflective about next stages. And so I think that it, if you enjoy what you do, I do think you do have to get away from it though some of the time because you will be better if you're more refreshed. That's just common sense. But I also think that when you're passionate about your career, when it's aligning with your purpose, it's probably not something you want a ton of time away from anyway. So it's okay if you sneak in a little work here or there on a day off because it's always helping move things forward, right? And there's always some kind of altruistic benefit to it. If my client is seeking some, some guidance from me on something, why am I going to wait, make him wait till Monday or Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. I used to find it challenging to be able to take a day off and not do anything that was work-related. And I think part of it is the same exact thing that you described is because for me, it's become a passion. It's a thing that I truly enjoy doing. And I know that when I would share that with some people and they would tell me, hey, you need to take a whole day off. Don't do anything about it. But I find it challenging to do that because I am so passionate about it. When I wake up, I, th I think about those things. So it's interesting to look at it through that lens. There's another thing that you pointed out a couple of times throughout this conversation that I think would be worthwhile exploring and it's this whole concept of opportunities a do you believe in missed opportunities and if so how do you process that how do you process the opportunities that as you were mentioning slip by do you beat yourself up afterwards or do you kind of just say hey there are plenty of more that are going to come my way so it's a mix um there are always roads not taken and it's easy to project on the road not taken as the better road if you're on a particularly challenging or difficult road at the time you're processing that, right? But I also know that the roads not taken are not aligned with my destiny. They're not aligned with my purpose and that's why they weren't taken. So I think that there is to some degree, every decision is the right decision um, because what you, you learn from the road not taken and the quote missed opportunity isn't that. Why would you want to take someone else's opportunity, right? That's yeah. their mm -hmm. destiny and their path and you're on your path doing something different um, that's 
more likely better aligned with your sole purpose. So I look at it as um, the roads not taken are lessons and maybe benefits I think I would have had I gone down a certain path are benefits I can work toward achieving right now. So they're sort of benchmarks for me to improve the road that I am on. And so I, I really, I guess I don't tremendously believe in missed opportunities, but I, I believe in lessons learned from the road not taken mm-hmm. that can make this road better. How did you get to that point? Do you think much of that boils down to, is it intention that you set for yourself as far as this is the path I want to be on? How do you get to the point where you recognize those opportunities and then you also recognize the difference between the path that you are supposed to be on and the path that doesn't align with who you are? Yeah, I think some of it comes down to faith that I I believe I'm a spiritual person that I, I believe that, um, I am ultimately on my right path, but I have to make sure as we all do that I'm really aligning with my purpose every day that I'm, I'm really working toward the things I meant to do, not just professionally, but as a person who I meant to be. And so I think that um, having faith that ultimately, even though there are tremendous hardships in life, that things ultimately work for the good. I mean, I wouldn't trade my parents for anything in the world, but I knew very few people who had two sick parents growing up, right? So, but, or a mom who couldn't drive because of crippling in her hands. But I wouldn't trade that for a mom who can play tennis every day and do the carpool. Uh, so I just was on a different road and, and blessed in a different way. So I think having some grace about it and some confidence and knowing that I am also my own change agent, that I can make changes that every day. I get, we get up every day and we have this beautiful thing called choice. And so we can take the aspects of the road not taken and and work toward them. And there there are some things that I'm sure elements of destiny, you know, will you get married? Will you have a family who you marry, et cetera. But ultimately I think as long as we're always working in grace toward our goals, toward what our soul is calling us to do, then I think that we're ultimately okay. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the whole concept of choice, as you pointed out, it is something I believe in and believed in for many, many years. It's waking up to that realization and knowing that I can choose differently today compared to the choices that I made yesterday. And I think more importantly, I think in regard to that concept of life, at least in my opinion and my experience of it, is that there is a choice that I could make in regard to the type of life that I want to live. When you think about your own work and everything that you're doing right now, A, what are some people what are some ways that people can connect with you and what do you have going on within your work right now that people can be a part of? Oh wow. So there's there's several things. Well, um if anybody is interested in connecting with me, they should know that public relations and marketing communications as a field has greatly broadened. And so uh, everything, every enterprise is a brand and 
every action you take informs your brand and you know your best brand ambassadors are usually the people right inside your organization i think that's really one of the key most important things uh to remember uh is, is that it all starts it all starts at home it all starts inside the organization what that public perception will be going outward and there's an authenticity in that so absolutely there um are several things that we are doing as a firm uh, that is very interesting. Part of what we're doing uh, is some work to give back and join organizations that help us to give back. So we encourage um, people in our organization to volunteer. And if that means taking some company time away, that's perfectly fine. So I, I wanna formalize that, that the communications optic will have the compassion optic and the compassion optic will be about whatever passion you might have to give back, but allowing people to do that in the time there is, because sometimes Saturday and Sunday aren't the best days for giving back. Sometimes, you know, there are tutors needed at the library. Sometimes the adult literacy program is four o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't align with the business day, but if someone on my team wants to volunteer for three months every Wednesday afternoon, why shouldn't that happen? And so, or, and also I believe that people should not just, um, I care very deeply about animals and I, I contribute to animal causes and I help with animal rescue, um, getting animals at high risk shelters uh, who are at high risk of euthanasia, which is really an inappropriate use of the term, but getting them out of those high-risk shelters to shelters that have capacity so that they can be adopted and move on. So um, I enjoy doing that, but I know that that passion of mine may not be the passion necessarily of my team members. So I want that people that are a part of this organization to have an opportunity to contribute to that which moves their heart the most, because people in our industry work very long hours and we are really hard workers. And Sometimes the best I was able to do in a traditional public relations job was to throw money at a problem, to write a check, but I didn't really get to connect to the purpose or, or go to the event, et cetera, uh, where I could do something hands-on in terms of volunteering, just because the schedule didn't allow it. The you know 80 and 90 hour work weeks don't make that a possibility. So I'm trying to build that into our company. Other things we do, we're aligned with organizations that support schools and education. And right now um, we're involved with a fundraiser for a charter school in Newark, New Jersey that is mentoring uh, students with a very rigorous academic program and helping them get into some wonderful colleges and get on some powerful career tracks and also mentoring them for seven years after they graduate. So um, I was just talking with some folks at the networking event. I was back and sort of building bridges for that organization uh, simply because it's a beautiful opportunity being given to these young students. And they're having, in at high school level, they're having tremendous opportunities for internships. And, you know, they, their first, uh, they were found in 2011. So their first graduating class is just a series of wonderful success stories that are really exciting to be a part of. That's amazing. And where did you say that people can find out more? Sure. So our website is the communications optic. So it's tco prcom And you can reach us at 973-665-8167. 
And you can also reach me at kmcmorrow, K-M-C-M-O-R-R-O-W at T-C-O hyphen P-R.com. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time. Thank you.